Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. Tonight, I would like to speak uh, on this topic of watch out, is what I've titled it. I, I looked for a better title, but I couldn't really think good enough <laughs> on a title. I'm like, Lord, give me a good title, like some of those good preachers. And I'm like, well, you're not a good preacher, so you just preach the word. <laughs> and so uh, we're going to do uh, the thought, watch out. And um, where I get that from is you'll notice Jesus says the word beware several times in Luke chapter number 12, in Luke chapter number 12. If you look in verse number one, the Bible says, in the meantime, when they were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they trode one upon another. I guess that kind of means they're like trampling on each other to get close to Jesus. But it goes on to say, he began to say unto his disciples first of all, and then we see the word beware. Everybody say beware. Now that word beware means watch out. It means pay attention. Uh, it actually, there's other definitions to that word, but it literally means to be fully aware and cognizant of, of what's taking place. And Jesus is speaking to his disciples here, and there's, there's a bunch of people around. And just so you're in context, Jesus just got done in the previous chapter, really um, letting the Pharisees uh, have it a little bit. And, um, and so now what he's going to do is he's going to turn to his disciples, and he's going to help them by revealing some things. And he wants them to watch out and, and not fall into the same traps. And so tonight, we're gonna look at three traps. Uh, we're gonna look at the trap of hypocrisy. We're gonna look at the trap of covetousness. And then we're gonna look at the trap of doubt. We're gonna look at those three traps. And uh, with Jesus's help, uh, we can avoid those traps, or if you find yourself tonight in any of those traps, uh, we'll help you um, get, uh, get out and, uh, and to be able to live in a, uh, in a more wholesome place. So let's pray. We'll ask God's uh, Spirit to help us here. Father, thank you for the Word of God. Thank you so much for the Liberty Baptist Church and uh, all the work that you've done in my life in this ministry. And God, thank you for Pastor Thompson. Thank you for his precious wife and his children. Thank you for their heart of service to you and to this ministry. Thank you for all the progress I see around this place. It's truly miraculous what you're doing and the leadership team that you formed here. Lord, you're amazing. We're here tonight for you. We pray that you would edify our hearts, equip us and bless us now as we open the word of God and we break bread together. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would um, feed us and fill us in the inner man. We love you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So Jesus says this in chapter 12, verse number one, beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. 
For it says, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. And again, I, he says, and I say unto you, my friends, I like that, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that are no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for one farthing? And not one of them is forgotten before God. But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not therefore ye are of more value than many sparrows. Also I say unto you, whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. But he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. And whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But unto him that blasphemeth against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven. And when they bring you unto the synagogues, and unto the magistrates and powers take ye, take ye no thought how or what ye shall answer or what ye shall say. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what ye ought to say. I don't know about you, but that last verse really comforts me uh, whenever I'm called upon by God to speak on his behalf, whether it's door-to-door -door soul winning or friendships, building friendships or relationships. But what we see here in this context is Jesus saying, if you're taking notes, number one, beware of hypocrisy. Jesus just got done communicating through a lot of the, the Pharisees and some of their issues. And, he's, and he doesn't want his disciples to be hypocrites. Now, a hypocrite literally means a stage actor. It's like what you see. How many of you have ever watched a movie before and you find yourself crying tears? Like, oh no, he died or she died. <laughs> Anybody? Okay, okay. You have to remember, it's just a movie. <laughs> They're just actors, right? What God doesn't want is he doesn't want us as disciples to fall into the trap of just being a bunch of good actors. And, and we can all fall into that trap. Like we know the words to say, we know how to, you know, carry ourselves. And let's face it, um, we want people to think good about us, don't we? We want people to, you know, get a good first impression and we don't want people to see her, you know, but how many, when people come to your house, you're like, okay, man, put everything in that dirty room, you know, or in that dirty drawer, you know, and, uh, it, and all of us have a tendency to, to put on a mask and I don't want to wear, I don't want to wear a mask. How many of you are done wearing masks in California? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist the joke. <laughs> You know, many times in my own life, the pr there, there's so many factors that cause me to become hypocritical. And I just wrote down a few notes here. Letter A, the fear of man creates insincere duplicity. It's because I'm afraid of what you'll think of me, whether you'll like me or reject me. 
that it causes me inside my flesh to put up this insincerity that makes me duplicitous. It makes me want to, when you ask me how I'm doing or how my church is doing, oh, everything's wonderful. But if you were to really ask me, or if I was to answer you, I would, I would say the church is doing good right now, but I'm kind of in a broken spot. You know, I'm kind of in a, a humble place. Um, I'm kind of in a, a weeping moment. But nobody wants to really listen to that, right? We all want to hear good reports, right? But the challenge is, is if we're afraid of what people think, it, it can rob us of the authenticity of being honest, and the fear of man does bring a snare. It really does. And so Jesus is saying, beware of the leaven, you know, of the Pharisees. Basically their doctrine, their ideology, the way they operate, how they think. And like whatever's said in secret is going to come out. And Jesus is just wonderful in exposing the fear of man. That's why he says, hey, don't be afraid of those who kill the body. Like, like you ought to respect and reverence and fear me. And uh, by the way, I know everything about you, all the hairs on your head. And by the way, you're of more value than all the sparrows. Like, I love you. And so I love how he navigates this message uh, to us. Uh, so we see the fear of man in letter A, but letter B, the praise of man creates undue pressure for approval. Because we want people to accept us, um, we find our value many times in people and, and prestige and status and... and um, we want, to be, we want to be praised, all of us. In fact, if you do a good job at the church and somebody doesn't say something to you after long enough, what happens to your heart? Well, those people down there, they just don't appreciate me, right? If they only knew what I did, right? And it's interesting because we can fall into the, these traps of the fear of man or the praise of man. And what takes place is it creates this pressure inside of us that is unhealthy for the soul. It's very unhealthy. And so Jesus is, is, he knows that the Pharisees, they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. And I got to tell you, at times, my flesh, it wants the instant gratification of your praise. It really does. And I'll fall into that trap. And then I put undue pressure on people, on myself and others for the praise of man. When really, I just need to go back to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm looking, for, I'm looking for approval in the wrong places. Will you help me? I don't want to have to keep up this image for, the, for this approval. I want to find approval from you, God. And I'm sorry for seeking it other places. And so he's helping his disciples with this. Let her see. Another area we need to be careful of and watch out for this hypocrisy is, um, actually, this is the solution to hypocrisy. Uh, let her see. The acceptance of the Lord. The acceptance of the Lord creates honesty and sincerity. Listen, the Bible says in Ephesians that, that, he's, that we're accepted in the beloved. Now, I'm not accepted because I, I stopped sinning. You're not accepted because you, you threw out all of your drugs and alcohol and pornography and all of your gambling and all of the clothes that you used to wear and all the music you used to listen to. That's not what gets you accepted with God. You're not accepted with God because you got baptized in water. You're not accepted by God because you gave money. You get accepted by God through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen? It's, it's not of works lest any man should boast. Sometimes I get that here, but I get it messed up here. 
How many of you have ever found there's like, sometimes these two things are not talking. It's like one speaking English and the other speaking, I don't even know what language. You know, I want to say it's Spanish, but then it's mixed with, you know, Portuguese and Italian and, and then, you know, it gets all messed up inside there. And I just got to come back to the spot where I come to the Lord and I, and, and I, and I, I realize that my acceptance is truly in Him. If people love me or hate me, it's okay. The biggest thing for me is when I find acceptance in the Lord and I don't fall into these traps of hypocrisy, then I can be honest with you. I can be honest with my children. I can sit them down and say, hey, this is how dad's doing. This is how our home's doing. I can come to the church and say, hey, church, this is how we're doing. And whether we're on the mountaintop or in the valley, um, because our acceptance is in God and in Christ and it's forever anchored within the veil, um, we can be honest with each other and we can be sincere with each other and it's okay. And uh, what that does is it, it helps us to go like this and helps us to pull the mask off. It helps us to say, hey, um, these are some of my wounds that I'm carrying. These are some of the, the brokennesses that I have. Um, how about this, guys? These are some of the sins I've committed. Um, these are some of the weights that I've been carrying that are unhealthy for me. And this is an area I need some help with. And I'm blowing the trumpet a little bit here so that we can, you can help me and I can help you. Now, if we want our children to do that, we have to be willing to do that. Followers will follow what the leader do. And that's why it's so important that we find our acceptance in Christ because it will produce this openness and this honesty and this transparency. And it's a wonderful thing that happens because now all that pressure and that weight that we feel, we don't have to feel it anymore. Amen. You could just let it go and be like, this is me. This is where I'm at. God's good. God's great. God's wonderful. Amen. And so number one, watch out. Beware of the, um, the trap of hypocrisy. Let me give you number two. Beware of covetousness. Beware of covetousness. Look what Jesus says here. He uses the same word again in verse 15, but let's pick it up in verse 13. It says, And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or divider over you? And the scripture goes on to say, And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So here we see a guy coming to Jesus. And perhaps you've maybe found yourself doing this before um, in different situations, saying, 
hey, Jesus, can you make my brother give me some of the inheritance that's legally his? Because I'm a family member too. And how many of you have ever seen somebody else get majorly blessed and you thought you should have a piece of it? And you thought, well, I did this too, and I'm pretty good too, and I did this too. And in your heart, you secretly lift up your value and you somewhat have a tendency, we, I should say, diminish their value a touch in order to create a solution that can bring wealth your way. Well, what Jesus sees here is this man's heart, and it's a heart of covetousness. Now, covetousness is greed, it's lust. Um, another word for it is avarice. Um, you know that in the Bible it talks about the love of money is the root of all evil. It's, it's not really, um, that word love in the Greek is avarice. It's really the lack of money is the root of all evil or the want of money. It's, it's wanting what you do not possess that creates this, this emotion that really is so detrimental and harmful to the soul. And what Jesus is doing here is he's shining a spotlight on this guy's heart saying, hey, you, you, beware of covetousness. You, I see that you, you think that your life consists based on how much stuff you have and you want more stuff. But the problem is, the stuff is not holding your life together. The Savior is holding your life together. And more doesn't equal better. There's a lot of people that have, that have and want more, more, more. But Jesus said, what does it profit if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? And so here we see a man, he builds, he has so much stuff, but he ends up dying and losing it all. And he says, his soul's going to be required of. In fact, Jesus calls him a fool. And so I love the illustration because it highlights this thought of stop focusing on what you want to get for yourself and start focusing on what you can give to the glory of God. See, when we get out of this trap of, of covetousness, that's when generosity really begins to flow from the heart of the Christian because you're not operating from a place of lack or want. You're operating from a place of, I am accepted in the beloved and I am whole in Christ, I am complete in Christ. And so therefore I give because I, I'm not lacking. I have everything in Christ. If you're taking notes, letter A, under beware of covetousness. Letter A, the control of man creates division. The control of man creates division. And what I mean by that is when you and I try to control our brother, our sister, our pastor, our boss, our employees, and it leads us to this spot where we try to force a decision on them and quench their free will. And what takes place inside of us and in the relationship is division. And it starts from within and it flows without. And I like the thought that you can have control or you can have growth, but you can't have both. You know, the wisdom from above that James talks about, he says is first pure, then peaceable, and then it's, it's easy to be entreated right? It's like sweet. It's connective. It's full of mercy. It doesn't have this partiality to it. It's, it's wonderful. 
But the wisdom that's from below, it's, it's devilish. It's carnal, it's sensual, it's divisive. And inside of pride, there's like this, this, this division that pits one against another. Next time you're feeling like you want somebody else to give to you, why don't you think first, is that what God wants me to have? Because if God, does, God doesn't want me to have that, I don't want to have that. And I don't want to take anything from somebody that doesn't belong to me. I don't want to put manipulation on somebody just because they have more than me. Can I tell you this? Maybe God wants them to have more than us. Amen? Have you ever went to Jesus? You're like, Jesus, they have more. They should give it to me. But we cloak it in this spirituality. And... Here we see, we just got to be careful of this heart of covetousness. Just be careful of it. You don't want to fall into that trap because it'll flow out of you in a, in a bad way. Uh, letter B, uh, the selfishness of man creates emptiness. The selfishness of man creates emptiness. When we're selfish, not only do we push people away from us, but we hurt ourselves. There's an emptiness on the inside. And when you think about attracting blessings, if you want to attract blessings into your life, be a blessing. But if you want to repel or repudiate or push away blessings, get super selfish and try to, try to take. And it's one of the ultimate paradoxes in life that, that if, we want to, if we want to see increase in our life, we have to give. It's just opposite. And so... Uh, watch out for selfishness. If, if you're, perhaps you're in a situation now where you're like, man, I don't have enough. Let me tell you the secret. Give. Do the opposite of what your flesh wants to do. Just be like, you know what? I'm gonna be generous here. I'm gonna be sweet here. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna help some people today. I'm gonna get it off of me and I'm gonna get it on to Jesus and others. That's letter B. Letter C, here you go. Uh, this is the solution here. We see the encouragement of God creates contentment and good focus. The encouragement of God creates contentment and good focus. We know that with food and raiment, we're to be content. How many of you struggle with contentment? Does anybody struggle with contentment? Man, I feel like I go on a roller coaster ride, like I'm so content. And then I see something like this beautiful, look at this screen. I, I'm looking at it and I told uh, my assistant over here, I said, I have to confess my sins. Now I'm practicing the sin of covetousness because I really like this screen, <laughs> you know? And uh, I, 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 for, I asked God for forgiveness on it <laughs> real quick. But, um, you know, if you struggle with it, remember contentment. Be grateful for all that God has given to you. Be thankful for the food you have, the family you have, the marriage you have, the singleness that you have. Wherever you're at in life, it'll help. It creates this force field of protection around your heart so that content, uh, covetousness can't, you know, the devil can't get those lies in there to hurt your heart. And then let me give you number three quickly. Beware of doubt. Beware of doubt. Look what Jesus says here in verse number 22. And he said unto his disciples... Notice he keeps teaching his disciples. He says, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat, neither for the body what ye shall put on. The life is more than meat and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap. 
which neither, it says, have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? And which of you, with taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? I'll tell you, it doesn't work. I've been trying it my whole life. Like, I always want to be six foot five and dunk on people, but just, I've learned this. It says in 26, if ye then be not able to do that which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be of a doubtful mind. That word doubtful, doubtful mind means to be suspended in the air. It's like a buoy in the ocean. It's this thought of, 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 of just being stuck, paralyzed, not able to make a decision because you're so plagued on all of these other factors that are outside of your control. And Jesus is saying, listen, I'm taking care of all this other stuff. And how much more valuable are you? It's almost like Jesus is saying, I got you. I'm going to take care of you. I love you. I accept you. Watch out for this, this, and this, and know I'm with you. And then I love what he goes on and says right here. He says in verse number 30, For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But rather, seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not. Fear not. Say it with me. Fear not, little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's like Jesus is saying, hey, you don't need to be afraid anymore. I hear your heart. I hear your concerns. I know that you get stressed out. I know you get anxious. I know you don't quite know which way to go and what move to make. I see you when you, when you have tears. I know that you're looking at all these other people and all these other things and all these other businesses, ministries. I know that you see, you're looking at all that stuff. But listen, listen, you don't have to worry. You don't have to compare. You don't have to live with a doubtful mind. I've got you. I got you. It's okay. And he says, listen, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's all coming to you. It's all coming to you. You don't have to worry. You don't have to stress. You don't have to trip out. And I love that because Jesus is like looking in our hearts and he's looking at his disciples' hearts and he sees the doubt. Sometimes we have to feel like we have to present this image of, oh, I'm so full of faith all the time. The truth is we're not. Man, we get one good moment of faith and we're like, everybody thinks we're like superhuman faith warriors. But the truth is, is if you could look into any pastor, preacher, evangelist, woman of God's heart, you're going to find an inventory of a lot of doubts right on the side of that. Yes, Amen. Yes, and the challenge for us is to be able to say, listen, I have doubts too. I feel it too. I love how Jesus says, hey, you don't got a doubt. If you're taking notes, let me give this to you and I'm going to wrap it up. Letter A, the worry of man creates unreasonable pressure. 
and paralysis. The worry of man creates unreasonable pressure and paralysis. Hey, when you and I worry about the future, about other things, we bring all of those evils that belong to either to tomorrow or to somebody else's grace vessel right into us. And we're not equipped to deal with all that in the now. And what that does is it creates undue, unreasonable pressure that per- just paralyzes us. How many of you have ever just been sitting there before? You're just paralyzed. You don't quite know what way to go and you're afraid to make a mistake and you got all these thoughts swirling around in your head. And so don't let worry, worry of tomorrow or yesterday eat up the power that God has given to you in the now. He's gonna take care of you. He's gonna feed you. He's gonna clothe you. He's gonna bless you. He's gonna give you the kingdom. He's gonna give you the kingdom. It's okay. In fact, how about this? We're already in the kingdom. Amen? We're already born again. We're already grafted into the family. We're already adopted. We're already hooked up. Amen? We already go right into the throne room of God. I already come on in and say, hey, daddy, I love you. How you doing? Listen, we're already in. And so don't let worry rob you. Let her be the limitations of man, our own limitations, creates emotional and physical need. I don't like this one because I like to go limitless, but my body's getting older and I'm finding more and more weaknesses. How many of y'all understand what I'm talking about? Okay. Those, those limitations highlight for me that I need the Savior. I need Jesus. I don't need to live in worry. I need to see those limitations and those barriers as opportunities to allow the sovereign grace of God to strengthen my vessel and only go and do what he wants me to go and do. And if other people don't like it or I don't live up to anything else, that's fine. I'm already in the kingdom. He's already blessed me. He already promised good towards me. And so when you're confronted by your limitations and even new limitations as you get older, you go through things, just realize those physical needs, those emotional needs that perhaps you didn't have before, they're all part of the plan of God. They're all part of his plan. It's not like he missed it. So just be like, okay, Lord, this is opportunity for me to grow in your grace and let your weakness be an opportunity for his strength to flow into. And then let her see, the reassurance of God creates comfort and peace. The reassurance of God creates comfort and peace. How many of you have had the Holy Spirit of God come along right when you need it and just say, hey, I'm with you. I got you. I know what you're going through. I know all the things that you're thinking through. I know how you want to try to put on a front to like have everybody think that you got it all together. I know that you feel like you can't be real with people in your family or in your church. I see all that. I know you're tempted to, you know, live in hypocrisy, but I got you. I got you. You're approved by me. I love you. It's okay. You don't have to go there. And that reassurance, whether it's, it's, hypocrisy or it's God saying, hey, you don't need to try to manipulate people and and live up to somebody else's standard of living. You don't got to do that. Like you can push away the covetousness and just live in my contentment. I've got you. 
I'm glad that he does that for us. I'm glad he helps heal our hearts because it puts us at peace. And I got to tell you, it's so much easier to come to church or to sit around a table and be like, here I am. This is me. I'm not searching for my acceptance in you. I'm not searching for my approval in you. If you praise me, great. If I didn't line up to your expectations, it's okay. Amen. God's got me. And for whatever reason, he chose me. I fail him all the time, but he still loves me and keeps pouring his love and his grace on me. And I just, it makes me want to love him more and more. And even when I get into doubts and wondering, are you going to bring the church through this? Are you going to do this? Man, he just keeps showing up. Amen. How many of all, he keeps showing up. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, Liberty Baptist, I want you to know that, um, that God loves you. God's got you. And what he has begun, he's going to make an end. And so tonight, let us bow our heads in prayer with humble thanksgiving and gratitude, thanking and praising God for his acceptance, for his love and his grace. Amen. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.